0: This is the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast, where divorce coach Corey Shapiro helps you get creative and not reactive in your divorce. Tune in now and get the support you need to make it through this difficult time. Here's Corey Shapiro. All right, welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. This is Corey Shapiro. In this episode, we're dealing with move-out clauses. What are move-out clauses? Well, that's what you put in on usually in prenups, you know, those agreements, those people who want to get married and want to do everything right, want to try to do things an easy way. They do prenups you can also have it in a marital settlement agreement and also even a post nuptial agreement, which is a, those agreements you entered into after you get married. And if you're a first-time listener or a new listener and you haven't heard a little bit about me, let me tell you very quickly, I'm a divorce lawyer in New York City. I do this podcast as divorce coaching. I also wrote a book, which is Divorce Coaching. And why do I do that? Well, I always tell people when you get to the lawyer, when you get to the divorce lawyer, it's like getting to the cardiologist. And what I mean by that is if you've been eating poorly for so many years and then you, God forbid, you need surgery and you get to the cardiologist, there's not much the cardiologist can do. And a lot of what happens in divorce cases happen early on before I get involved or before lawyers get involved. So I'm trying to get to people earlier in the process so they can have better divorces. Why? Well, then they maybe can have better co-parenting relationships They can have a better post-divorce life. And you don't necessarily want... Listen, if you want a seven-year divorce battle, this is not the podcast for you. This is a podcast for people who may be dealing with the crazy maker, may be dealing with someone who wants a seven-year battle, but we're not trying to escalate. We're trying to de-escalate. So let's get into the show because, actually, when I think about de-escalation, I saw this great movie this weekend elemental the new pixar film and it had a great representation of that choice the elements it's really good if you if you you check it out but the elements one of the elements is fire and one of the main characters is ember and she's working for her dad's store and when she gets really upset she just blows up and because she's fire she's very destructive and she meets in the journey uh, a water element who gives her some perspective to tune things down, to quiet things down. And it, I think it's a really good journey. If you're in one of these situations, it may give you some reinforcement that it's hard dealing with a crazy maker. It's hard dealing with Amber when she's going berserk, but it can be done. And... Hey, it's hard for me. You know, all of the people, all of my mentors, all the books I read, everyone says it's hard. And you're going to have good days and bad days. So let's just keep on doing what we can do. And I hope you're in a a divorce right now or you're thinking about divorce where so far we can make choices. That's the key. And what I mean by that is if something has happened already, it's more narrow, more narrow what we can do what your attorney can do, what the court can do, and what you can do. So I hope you're early in the process. I hope you are listening to this and thinking creatively. That's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to think creatively about the divorce. What we're not trying to do is think reactively. Because if we think reactively, we're not thinking generally with our big brains. That's the problem. But it feels so good sometimes. It feels so good to be reactive Trust me, I know it. It feels good. It just doesn't work necessarily. It doesn't feel good in 10 months. It doesn't necessarily feel good in a year. It feels good in like the moment. And that's the whole point of this podcast and of my uh, coaching. Okay, so let's go to the quote. Well, actually, let me tell you what we do. First of all, I'm sorry. Let me back up. We do generally, we do a quote. We do a question. We do some divorce news. i give you my reaction to it. And we end with a positive perspective. It's very important to end with a positive perspective. What can we learn from things, even when things are difficult, even when things are tough? And they're going to be tough. But we're going to get through it, because that's what we do. We get through it. So our quote's a long one. If you're, if you're watching this on YouTube, it will be on the screen. But bear with me, because I think this quote is from a real master creative person. Uh, I'll give you a little hint to make you want to listen. He won nine Grammys. Nine Grammys. So a real true artist. Here's his quote. Living life as an artist is a practice. You are either engaging in the practice or you're not. It makes no sense to say you're not good at it. It's like saying, I'm not good at being a monk. You're either living as a monk or you're not. We tend to think of the artist's work as the output. The real work of the artist is a way of being in the world. And that's by Rick Rubin. And how do we relate that to our world? Well, if we're trying to be water, if we're trying to de-escalate, If we're trying to think creatively, we're not always going to come up with the right answers, but we're working, we're in the process and we're going to get better at it. You know, I've been doing this now for over two decades and divorce came to me when I was very young, when I was eight and my parents got divorced and they were reactive. And the more you do this, the more you can surround yourself with people who can think creatively long-term about your family in a holistic way. I would say you're increasing your odds of making better choices. It doesn't necessarily mean you've reached a pinnacle, but we're doing the work. And I think that's what Rick Rubin is all about, about doing the work. His new book, you can go on Amazon uh, and check it out. His his co-author is Neil Strauss, who's a real writer. So Rick Rubin has some great ideas and he got Neil Strauss to make it Very readable. All right. So let's move to our question. If you have a question for the podcast, you can go to question.gettingdivorced.org. I may answer your question on a future podcast. So please send your questions in. Today's questions or this week's questions is from Brad. Brad asks, I'm getting married soon, and I want to make sure in the event of a divorce, My spouse leaves my apartment. How can I make sure that happens? Well, thank you, Brad, for submitting a question. And let me just back this up for a second to make sure everyone understands what's going on. When you're obviously married in a traditional type of marriage, people live together, right? People live together. And when you're getting divorced or thinking about divorce, you don't want to live together anymore. (laughs) But it's hard if the other person doesn't want to leave, it's hard to get them out of your house. It's hard. Every state's a little different. But in New York, for example, there has to be, you know, almost like a what they call strife or domestic violence or something that makes it really unsafe to live together. Because I guess the court's thinking or the public policy is. They were married. They, they really don't want to just kick people out of the house early on. I don't necessarily, I hope this changes. That's just, just, the law now. And maybe some States have changed this. I think people should leave early, but if you do a prenup, which is a great idea for a lot of people, you could put in a prenup that if you have property, my separate property, you could say, you know, within 30 days, within 60 days, you could move out. And I think that's what you want here. You want a move out clause. Um, I'm not going to get into all the detail of that, but I think it's a step in the right direction just to give awareness of what is happening. Now I will just give one side note. What happens if children are involved? So let's say you get married and there's no children. Maybe 30 days is okay, but is 30 days okay? If there's children is 30 days enough time to make a parenting plan. You know, the parenting plan, because the parent's not going to leave necessarily the the house, the apartment, if they don't have a parenting plan, if things are a little bit more in conflict. Things are collaborative. You don't need a parenting plan. It's going to be okay. But we do things here thinking the other person is going to be a crazy maker, going to be difficult. So do you want to have a, a one time frame if there's no children? One time frame, if there is children, to reduce any future concerns that may come up. That's what I would suggest, Brad. And I hope that is helpful to you. And to give an example, Brad, of what can happen. I hope you're not soon to your to your marriage because reality sets in for people. That's why if you're doing a prenup, I hope you do it at least six months in advance, because it's hard to think about your divorce when you're getting married. In divorce news, I saw this this sad situation between a, a, a wonderful actor, Kevin Costner, and his wife of, I think, twenty years. You know, for all those people who watch Yellowstone, I know there's a lot of drama there. He's leaving the show. I think he's doing like a three part movie a western, so he's on his mission. He's doing his movies. The only problem was, it seems he neglected his family. It seems he has neg- neglected his family. He, I guess, he thought he was okay. Because he had a prenup, but his wife is so mad at him that she's not following the prenup. And in that prenup, he had a move-out clause where she was supposed to move out after a certain amount of time. And, of course, someone like Kevin Costner has multiple homes, but this was the primary home. This is where the children you know, lived, and she's not leaving. And I don't want you to think Kevin's not giving money. He's giving. He's offering a lot of money to her to move out, not as much as she wants. So these are the things that can happen when you're in this situation. You know, you, you, in theory, you know, you put in a prenup, a move out clause, but then 20 years later, when there's bad blood, no one follows the prenup or one party doesn't follow the prenup. And then what happens? Well, what happens generally is now you have a bigger budget and you're in court, you're in court and it could be very taxing. So, that's why I suggest, when you're doing these clauses, these 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 move out clauses, just think of what differences. And I think in in their prenup, I'm not sure if there was a difference. It seemed a little tight to me. I mean, if you have children and moving out within 30 days it seems tight, but that's up to the court to decide of what they're going to do. It was a contract. Courts generally enforce contracts. However, and this is the big however. This is probably what the wife's attorneys knows. The court, uh, those contracts are trumped by the best interest of the children, by the best interest of the children. And a major factor for the best interest of the children is stability. So if the court feels that stability or finds stability is more important, they might not enforce the prenup. So all that time that you're trying to clarify their rights might just go out the window. And this is why, why divorces get difficult. All right, so let's try to end this divorce news, um, which is a little sad because they have three children, I think, in teenage years. You know, we're only dealing with move-out clauses. It seems to be somewhat simple. Let's end on a positive note. And the positive note is this. Let's assume that one of us, one of us is going to be a crazy maker at times. Not all the time. And let's think what we can do, just like in that Disney movie, what we can do to deescalate, to take a breath, to pause. Let's be like Water in that in that in that movie. Because what's the alternative? Having a a multi year divorce, spending all your 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 money on lawyers that could go to you, you know, to college, your kids' college. It just it just becomes, in, in a sense, a, a real mess. So I hope you can think that the reaction. I, I get it. I get the reaction, but the positive note is we're just gonna we're gonna give some time. We're gonna give some perspective. We're not gonna reply to those texts that are triggering or the emails. We're not gonna get into fights. That's what we're going to do, and it's hard to do it, but just like Rick Rubin says, we're going to try and get better each time we do it. All right, so that concludes our episode. Thank you for listening. We discussed a great quote by Rick Rubin. Being creative, it's hard. We got to have practice. We talked about it in the question about a move-out clause and trying to define making things simple, but we saw in Divorce News when there is bad blood, or maybe when there's children involved, whatever you said in the prenup may not necessarily be followed. And we have to understand that. And that's a positive perspective. We, whatever we do, let's think of the consequences. Let's think what happens if it doesn't happen. And that's the key. All right. Next week, we have a, a question about severability. Severability. And what that is, in a nutshell, is in an agreement when you do like a marital settlement agreement, there's a lot of different provisions. You know, you want to pay X here, Y here, you're getting something, you're giving something. It's an all, it's an all of it. It's a compromise. And what a sever, a, a severability provision does is if a provision in that agreement is not enforceable, not enforceable, which was important to both of you, it means that The rest of the agreement continues. But the problem is that agreement was take it or leave it. All those that say 10 provisions were all interrelated. And that's the question. We're going to learn about non-severability. So if you have an agreement where a provision is found void, it's not enforceable, then the whole agreement becomes unenforceable because that was the bargain. And you start over. That's our question. And I think it's going to really give some insight in how to do things a little bit more creatively. All right. Don't forget, if you want to check out more information during the week, you could go to our website at gettingdivorce.org. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter. You get uh, our podcast show notes it was sent right to you by, by email. You could also check out our archive. Uh, we've been doing this as a season three, so we're building an archive. And one of the nice things we have is we have each question uh, recorded uh, on the website. If that if that's interested, so if you just want to go to the specific question and not the whole podcast, the podcast, the full episode of the podcast, we also put on YouTube. If you like to if you like to watch it. All right, this is Corey Shapiro. This is your friendly divorce coach. Remember, when it comes to divorce, it's important to be creative, not reactive. Thank you for tuning in to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with divorce coach Corey Shapiro. Divorce can be a difficult and overwhelming process, but it doesn't have to be. Corey's book is here to help you gain clarity, composure, and a strategic mindset. Get it now as an ebook on Amazon or an audiobook on Audible and unlock the power of these resources to make more informed decisions and gain a better understanding of the process. This podcast offers general information only, it cannot replace legal advice. If you need tailored advice, contact an attorney licensed to practice in your area. <laughs>